Sports Ethos New York Nick Podcast. Here's the short of it. Here's the short of it. Put together a long episode. I'm going to release that one as well. I know some of you don't got time to be sitting here listening to me. Blow hot air at you for 40 minutes. And let me tell you this. We're going to go over the good, the bad, the ugly of this trade. Knicks are getting plenty of kudos for this deal. And it's nice to see people actually give the Knicks credit. I think I said it a million times. Zach Lowe, Tim Bontemps, they're the only national NBA coverage guys that actually have a good feel for the Knicks. Everybody else, and Bobby Marks is another one, everybody else kind of glosses over it. And they give these reluctant compliments. Some of these guys... They know there's more engagement in, in, in just shading the Knicks and tearing them down. And some guys know there's engagement in giving the Knicks their flowers. But there's really surface analysis. There's always surface analysis. Those guys, Zach Lowe, Tim Bontemps, Bobby Marks, uh, Dave, uh, who was it? No, no uh, Ryan McDonough. These guys, they actually watch the games. They watch them. They watch them play. They ain't watch them once a week here and there. They watch them play. So they don't say the stupid things that you see on TNT and sometimes on NBA TV and ESPN where teams, where people just dismiss them out of hand. Richard Jefferson, who has been fair to the Knicks the last couple of years, saying that Dane Lillard is better than, than Jalen Brunson. Okay, I mean, it sounds good. Who's going to argue with you? Except right now, Dane Lillard is not better than Jalen Brunson. By any measure. By no measure is he better than Jalen Brunson. Now, you can say he's going to be better. He has been better. Sure. But he's not better. That's the type of nonsense that you hear from too many guys. And I'm not accusing RJ of not watching. I'm just saying you're stuck. You're stuck in a narrative when you say stuff like that. And there's a lot of people stuck in narratives when it comes to the Knicks front office, the Knicks organization. They're stuck in narratives going back 20 years of ineptitude. And they're not looking at what this front office has been doing. Let's start with the ugly here. The Knicks have traded away a lot of their young players. Understand something about these young players, all right? We don't know what their ceiling is, but we know that we know what their floor is. And of the Knicks, of the players the Knicks have traded, the only player whose floor was good enough for consistent winning basketball is IQ. It's literally the only one. If you don't know that, you're not really paying attention. RJ's playing great in Toronto. You're not really paying attention. IQ's defense, his defensive communication, his leadership on the floor, the way he shot it this year, you knew what his floor was. His floor was you were going to get great defense at the point guard position. You knew you were going to get some good spot of shooting. That's his floor now. And it was it was suitable. It was fine. The Knicks could have been fine with IQ at backup point guard. They still would have needed some other help, but they would have been fine with him at backup point guard. Not a starting point guard, not a shooting guard, but a backup point guard. You knew what his floor is. You didn't know what RJ's floor was. RJ was a negative with the Knicks. He was a net negative with the Knicks. Nobody else in the rotation was a negative, and maybe Grimes. Now, it brings me to Grimes, who, as much as I love him, I've said, it, I've, said I've loved him a million times. I think he can be a very good rotation player for the Knicks. I think he has a lot more to offer, but he hasn't been offering it consistently. So you don't know what his floor is. You know his floor actually is actually as a negative. That's what he was this year. He was a negative. It wasn't last year, but this year he was a negative. Obi Toppin, literally a negative. So when they step on the floor, you're losing points night to night because no one else in the rotation is a negative. All right? I, mean, I just gave you three rotation players, right? Grimes is a negative. 
RJ was a negative this year. Last year, I don't think Obi was actually a negative last year, but he only played 15 minutes. But he's a negative this year with the Pacers, or he was for most of the year, to be fair. Don't know what he's doing right now. They've replaced him. Hint, hint. Not going the way you thought it was, huh? All those Obi topping posts at the beginning of the year, huh? Not, not quite making it. He's kind of playing like a backup, is he not? Can we be real? But he's he's a negative for a winning Pacer team for most of the season, at least. RJ Barrett was a negative for the Knicks last year, is a negative for the Knicks this year. Grimes is a negative for the Knicks this year. The Knicks have a chance. I've been saying it over and over. They have a chance, and now everybody's saying it. You can't have a chance and then have people on the floor playing meaningful minutes who can't give you a solid floor every single night. The next thing with these young guys is their contracts are coming up. RJ already got his big money. And you've seen what RJ gives you. And it's not enough if you want to win. Not here, at least. Not under these circumstances. IQ. You can't afford to give IQ $25 million and his floor just be defense and spot-up shooting. You can't. Because he's playing a position that's that's being filled by an all-NBA player. And come playoff time, you're going to keep that all-NBA player on the floor. And IQ has not shown that he is big enough to consistently play shooting guard against a lot of these teams that you're going to be facing in the Eastern Conference. He's not even big enough for Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell loves seeing IQ guard him. Go watch the tape. He loves it. He seeks him out. Now, I talked about this before. There was a game last year where he kept trying to get Grimes off of him and get IQ on him because he didn't think IQ could guard him. And he scored on IQ down the, down the stretch of a game about two, three times. And so Tiz had to take him out. There was an OKC game this year. It was a big spot in the game. And and uh, what's his name? Jalen Williams. He came down. He's a much bigger player than IQ. IQ was on him. IQ played good defense. He just rose up and shot over him. That's what's going to happen. It's not shade to IQ. He's an excellent point guard. He just can't play shooting guard, and that's the problem. And you can't pay him $25 million to be a backup point guard when in the playoffs he's going to play like 10 minutes. And then sometimes he doesn't show up. He doesn't give you all of the offense. He doesn't give you close to the ceiling. He just gives you the floor. And sometimes in that second unit, that second unit needs his ceiling, and he wasn't always giving it to you. You can't give him $25 million. How much money are you going to give Grimes? You're going to be stuck with Grimes when Dante is lighting it. Light, he's lighting it. I was going to curse. I was going to curse. He's lighting it up. He's lighting it up. He's under contract. What are you going to give Grimes? How many minutes? So you don't know what you're going to get from Grimes, but you know what you're getting from Dante. Why would you play him over Dante right now? Because he's a kid, because he's young, because he's a potential. That's what you do when you are a middling team. That's what you do when you are a struggling team. That's not what you do when you have a chance to win a title. When you have a chance to win a title, you got to focus on who can give you a floor every single night that's winning basketball. And that's not Grimes. So you can't pay him money and get bogged down with his contracts, with these new CBA rules, with a guy that's going to play 15 minutes and go out there gunning. Because he's trying to make the best of those 15 minutes. God bless him. When you got a guy like Dante who's out there putting 30 points on the board every night efficiently. For the love of Christ. 
He's putting 30 point games up. Are you, are you people seeing what he's doing? Grimes wasn't going to play, man. He wasn't going to play. And it's not like these guys are 35 year old veterans. These guys are in their 20s too. Let Grimes go flourish somewhere else and get paid. Let IQ go flourish somewhere else and get paid. Let RJ do what he RJ does and get paid. The Knicks are trying to win. And to win, they need these guys, their floors, their skill sets, and how they're playing together. That's their best chance at it. So you might be addicted to having young players on your roster that have potential because you think one's going to turn into a superstar. But the likelihood is they're just going to be really good NBA players. And that's not going to be enough for this Nick team to flourish while Jalen Brunson is here. It's not. It's really not. You need competent basketball players. That's what Devo is. That's what Josh Hart is. Sometimes. <laughs> but no, that's what he is. He's a plus player by a, a large margin. So all of that stuff y'all making fun of him for when he's out there screwing up, at the end of the day, nine times out of ten, he makes up for it in other ways. That's what being a plus player is. Randall's interwoven into the fabric of this franchise. They love him or hate him. They're not moving Randall right now. They're gonna ride, they're gonna ride this out with Randall. So I miss the kids. I like some of them. I want to see some of them flourish there. But you got to understand the business of basketball. The guys that they have are going to give you more towards winning than those guys are. And IQ is forever the asterisk there. And you just need to understand that he's playing behind Jalen Brunson. That's it. That's it. So let's talk about this deal because that's the ugly part. The Knicks were able to bring in, when they're healthy, they were able to put together a squad at this deadline. Guys traded Buddy Heald, went to Philadelphia. I saw that. I was like, all right, Philadelphia's just going to have nobody playing defense. Okay, cool. Indiana made some nice little slick moves. Got rid of Heald, brought in McDermott. So didn't really lose anything shooting-wise for the most part. A little bit more versatility when it comes to position. A little bit slick. Indiana's still a problem. Milwaukee brought in Pat Beverly to help them defensively. Okay. Cool. No problem. They're already a good team. Maybe that helps a little bit. The Knicks brought in a 20-point scorer and a guy who's out there who can give you 20 on a night, who's shooting 40% from three, who can defend two, three positions. Which one of these teams is better than the Knicks on paper? Maybe the Cavs, they're comparable. Cavs are a well-oiled machine. People are underestimating the Cavs. Boston, they're real top-heavy. Real top-heavy when it comes to talent. But it's, 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 it's heavy as hell. There's nobody else. Nobody. The Knicks were good before they made this trade all healthy. Now they got this trade. What are you going to do? Your best option is, oh, well, Randall's not going to be around for a month. OG's not going to be around for a month. They're going to lose ground in the standings. You better hope. And that's the downside here. The Knicks are too injured to win games right now. They might slip, 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 slip in these standings over this next month or so. 
Because I'm here to argue Hartenstein's injury is much bigger than what people think. Losing OG was one thing. OG turned a team that was good and made them great. So you lose OG, you go from great, you go back to good. They can still win against a lot of teams. A game here or there. They can't win the playoffs, but a game here and there. Here or there. Hartenstein, without Mitchell Robinson, he is the lifeblood of that defense. Defense is the reason why the Knicks are able to stay in these games and let outlast some of these teams. You don't have that anymore. You don't have that cushion anymore. Precious is not that guy. He's playing admirably, but he's not that guy. They don't have anybody now. Sims is hurt. Sims is sick. I'd sit here and argue, even if Bogey and, and uh, Alec get here, they're still going to struggle because defense was the reason why they're saying this game. They're going to sit here and try to outscore everybody. They're not going to do that. They, got, they have to play defense. And Hartenstein not being there is going to hurt them, and they're probably going to keep Hartenstein out past the All-Star break. These next four games before the break, they're looking real bad. If they win any of these games, I'd be impressed. If they go 500, then you got to just take it. The Knicks have a chance to get to the two seed, and now the team is falling apart injury-wise, and they're not going to have a whole lot of time to mesh. We're still in the ugly portion of this. They're not going to have a whole lot of time to mesh before the playoffs, and they're going to need to. They're going to need to. But if they do, if they do, it's going to be problems. It's, play that sound. I need to play that sound bite that Kevin Durant. It's going to be problems for these Boston Celtics. It's going to be problems for them Boston Celtics. When it comes down to it, the Knicks got bodies to throw at Tatum. They got bodies to throw at Jalen Brown. You're not going to just bully them and, oh, we're just going to rise up and shoot this shot over you. It, it's not going to work like that. You're still going to have that KP high screen and roll. That's still going to be a big problem. But God forbid they put OG on one of them mixes up there. God forbid. God forbid they put OG on one of them mixes up there. I wonder how that's going to look. I wonder if KP is going to be shooting 85% against the Knicks once that's happening. I wonder. But my concern, my only concern is this health situation. I need this team to mesh. They need to mesh. This, and Bogey's not a long-term he's not a long-term option if you don't want to keep him here. One of the reasons why Bogey wasn't on the Knicks radar when once they got, especially once they got OG, is how are you gonna play Bogey? Where are you gonna play him? You can't bring in this guy and pay all of this value for the guy, and he's gonna be playing behind Julius Randle, playing behind an OG. It didn't make sense. Well, the Knicks knew OG's hurt. So he's gonna be playing plenty for the next month, and that's gonna keep them afloat in the standings. And when it comes down to it, if you're not getting good play out of Randall for whatever reason, or you're not getting good play out of anybody on that front line, for whatever reason, the playoffs, you've got somebody to go to. And then people talking about his defense, and yeah, I got my concerns about his defense as well. But let me explain something to you. Duncan Robinson is a thing. He went to the finals. You can, you can hide people defensively if they at least know how to position themselves, contest jump shots, Understand the rotations on defense. Communicate. If he's not going to do that, then it's going to be a problem. That's one of the ways that Fournier used to struggle. And please stop comparing Bogdanovich to Fournier. You understand they play two different positions, right? If you've been listening to this show religiously, you know that I've been I've been like, hey, if you want to play Fournier, you might want to try him at power forward. Otherwise, you can't play. You can't play on the or you can't play in front of any of these guys. 
in this last week or so, you know Fournier wasn't going to play because of the trade. I understand that you would play Fournier spot duty. I suggested it in that Laker game. But if he had gotten hurt, it would have been toast. Excuse my dog is wilding out right now in the back. Even he's excited. Even he's excited out here. He's pumped up. He's pumped up. Let me tell you something. Bogey's not a long-term option. You go into next season, Bogey's on your team. It's because you couldn't trade it. You couldn't trade him and get, you know, whatever star you're looking for. But that's also fine if he's going to be the backup, right? It's a little bit of, it's, you know, that's not the plan, right? Now the plan is to make the best of this playoff run. Understand that? Stop telling me about what Grimes is going to be in two years when you got to pay him big money. And if you don't pay him big money, that means he's replaceable. That means he didn't turn out to be what you thought he was going to be. A healthy Hartenstein with no Randall, with no OG, might be a playing team all by itself. If the Knicks can just withstand this stretch without a Hartenstein, they might be able, they might be able to hold on to the third, fourth seed until they get some reinforcements and then make a push for that third seed. They might lose that two seed. I don't want to. I don't want to give it up. Because I think that's the, I'm not going to say the easiest road, but that's the best road. The best road to go through. Well, who knows? Milwaukee might fall to the 4-5, or five, and then they're playing Boston in the second round. You know what? Win as many games as you can. Stop this talk that you don't need to win these games. You've got to win these games. Health is important. No question. You don't want to blow out anybody's tires. But you need to win these games. You need to sign somebody. you got two roster spots. You need to sign a big man. Maybe Bismack Biombo, maybe somebody else, a defensive big, somebody who's going to anchor this defense until Hartenstein comes back for this next week or so. Taj is not there. He, can't, he doesn't have the energy. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have the stamina. Swung, swung and miss on that. He's there to be like a, a ceremonial assistant coach, a UD role. You don't his Haslam role on this team. He can't go out there and perform. Swung and miss on that. You need to bring somebody in there who can actually make some stops at the front of the rim. So that this team can score points and win some of these games at home. You got to do it. You got to maintain where you are in the standings. You got to keep the, the ship afloat until the reinforcements come back. Because it might harm you down the line. Because the team has to mesh once everyone's healthy. They got to mesh. There's a lot of pieces here. You got 10 men for a rotation. That's been a nine-man rotation right now. So what you going to do about that? Who's playing? Who's not? Who's going to play where? You got to find the best matchups. You got to get sample size. Sample size data on what lineups are working. You gotta have these guys on the court and playing for a few games before the not that's just a few games for a few weeks, a month before the playoffs. Because nobody's gonna make excuses for you if you get into that playoffs and lose in the first round because you didn't get a chance to mesh or because the injuries no one recovered from injuries soon enough, fast enough. It's not going to save you. Nobody's gonna care. That's not the way New York works. That's not how the media works. So we can't wait to tear you down. You already got Stephen A. Smith throwing cold water on these pickups because he wanted to murder Rosen. You can't have it. You can't have it. What can they do about it? It starts with who they sign to play this game against the Pacers or the next week or so. What big man they sign to help with Hartenstein. That's the first move you make. And then after that, you after the All-Star break, you hope Hartenstein comes back. And I think you can, I think you can keep the ship afloat with who you have. But you got to get past this next week. You can't go on four in this, this, these next few games. You can't do it. You can't do it. Not on four, but 
that will be 0-4 if they lose the next three games. But there's three games left before the break. You can't lose all three. You can't. You never recover for it from any standings. I'm not saying play Jalen Brunson 45 minutes a game. You should be able to still play him 35, 36 minutes and get away with it. But don't think that you can just punt these home games and everything is going to be hunky-dory. Then the Knicks missed the third seed by one game in the standings. Everybody say, oh, well, we're just in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. It, it does fucking matter. It does matter. It does matter. I don't care. You play who you play, whatever. You don't want to be the 4-5. or five. You don't want to be playing Boston in the second round unnecessarily. You don't want to be playing, you know, uh, MB returned two weeks ago, and now he's ready to go with Buddy Heald and, and Tyrese Maxey in the first round of the playoffs. You don't want that. You don't want that smoke. And you're still trying to get your act together. You don't want that. Win these games. Get up in these standings. I'm not one of these cats who are saying rest everybody and lose these games. You could have rested everybody yesterday against Dallas. But not not once Bogey gets here and Brooks get here, it's all hands on deck. We got to win these games. And I think the Knicks are going to see it the same way. You don't want to waste this opportunity. And I can't stress it enough. This trade gave you an opportunity. Bogey's contract allows you the flexibility to make another move. So it's not the end of the world if they lose, but it will be treated as such. You have a, an opportunity to make a run here. The pressure's on. Don't care what no one says, the pressure's on. You're the third, you're the second or third best team in the conference right now. Milwaukee is too shaky. The only thing that makes Milwaukee better is they have two amazing players and one of them's not playing amazing. Okay? One of them's not playing too amazing. Other than that, they're a mess. The Cavs are serious. I've been saying it all year. They're serious. They're ready to rock. The Knicks are right there. They're right there with them. The Cavs are going to have a, a chip on their shoulder, too. You definitely don't want to be playing them in the first round. You definitely don't, don't want to be playing, getting yourself, getting yourself down to the seventh seed. You got to win these games, man. But on this trade, this not a grand slam. They didn't need a grand slam. They needed a triple. They needed a home run. They needed to, a sacrifice fly, whatever you want to call it. This is what they needed. And they're... They're the, the second or third best team in the conference right now. I don't care what no one says. They're better than Philly. They only, they're only competing with the Cavs and the, and the Celtics when it, when it comes to a uh, 7-8 main rotation. And I'm saying 7-8 I'm saying because of the, the Celtics. They have a short rotation in, in terms of talented players. Heavy, heavy, top heavy in that rotation. It gets a little shaky. But the Cavs, they can go 9 deep. 10 deep. And then it's the Knicks. And there's nobody else. There's nobody else. At Sports Ethos on Twitter. At Ethos Knicks. Until next time. Wait, wait, wait.